Recently, I posted a poll on LinkedIn asking people how much attention they pay to the BCI competency framework. Over half of those who responded said they either didn't use it or didn't know what it was. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 64 as the Resilience Think Tank presents the Resilient Journey podcast. I'm your host Mark Hoffman and today I'm joined by a shining star in the continuity and resilience industry, Susie Ansari. Susie and I talk about her fantastic session in London at BCI World and something that surprised her about resource usage during her workshop. We talk about the importance of the BCI competency framework and the benefits of self-assessment. Susie talks about using the framework to build strengths that will make you more effective as a resilience professional. We'll get to that conversation with Susie, but first, here's an important message from Lisa. Hello, I'm Lisa Jones, co-founder and managing partner of the Resilience Think Tank. The Resilience Think Tank is a place to find expert analysis and effective solutions to enhance resilience. In 2023, we are launching a new platform to empower our community. Follow Resilience Think Tank on LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube as we gear up for our exciting news. Also, check out ResiliencetheThinkTank.com to discover industry insights and professional guidance. Thank you for your support. Susie, welcome to the podcast. Really excited to have you here. Before we get too deep into all of this, tell everybody a little bit about your background and something I'm starting with you. So 64 episodes in, I want you to tell me something that maybe nobody knows about you. Oh, thank you, Mark. That's um, that's a tough one. So let's start with my background. Um, the first 10 years of my career, I did start off in various consultants, uh, consulting roles um, in health and safety and environmental due diligence. So that was my my first route. I was working mainly in site remediation, hazardous materials, and it, it was actually in the demolition industry. So I was quite hands-on, quite operational. Um, you can probably tell I still have the accent. I'm originally from the UK. I moved to Switzerland 15 years ago with, at the time, my newborn son. I expanded my family. Um, and in 2010, I landed a role in health and safety in the research division of a very large pharmaceutical company. I was new to pharmaceuticals, new to research labs. Um, but at the time, business continuity was tagged onto the role as, um, you know, as it was in many companies and still is in some. Mm -hmm. And I was younger, I was keen, and they asked for volunteers who would take business continuity on. So, of course, in an effort to advance my career and, and you know, make a difference, I volunteered for that, not knowing at all what business continuity was. So that's how I kind of got into that 12 years ago. Um, and over, over time, my role changed more into business continuity. And you know, within a couple of years, I left behind health, safety and environment work altogether. So yeah, that was my, my routine. We hear that so, so often where people didn't set out to become part of business continuity or resilience Not or whatever. And in your case, it was a little bit of a slow slide into it. But um, did you blow stuff up? <laughs> a couple of times yeah a couple of times and that was fun so, so maybe that covers that covers the bit that nobody knows about me right exactly. i get out of that exactly um, <laughs> i'm gonna let you get away with that too that's, Perfect. that's just fine i've got a couple of others if you do want to know but i see you want to know them mark <laughs> yeah, i do 
I'll give you two things. So actually my academic path, I have a master's degree in marine biology. That was what I was set out to do. So I've probably had three different career changes already. Um, And then lastly, I'm a really avid football or soccer fan. So most weekends I am at the, um, the stadium and supporting my local team, FC Basel. Which is really interesting because at the time that this podcast goes up, it's like day one of the World Cup. Your 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 country allegiance is now what? Oh, England and Switzerland, depending on the results. So <laughs> it's going to be fun. I, I always enjoy the World Cup. All right, you had a great session at BCI World in London a few weeks back, and I was really just want to tell you, really impressed with your command of the room. Um, your your presence in part of the presentation you owned the room and it was really cool and it was it was neat to see that and you and i had kind of similar topics in a way we were talking about collaborating and working with different people but you took it a step further than i did and you ran an exercise that made us see the value of working with people outside of the business continuity space what did you learn by doing that well I had several learnings. I would never undertake one of those sessions without making sure that I personally get something out of that too. I'm, you know, yes, I'd like to think I have uh, a good level of expertise in business continuity. However, I'm always willing to learn from others. And I know that we have a really diverse community. They have varied experience. Um, However, they got commonalities. And that was that was good for me to see and to witness that they all have that willingness to share and to learn across boundaries. It was a really diverse group. Um, another takeaway for me is that we're a really creative community. And mm. you know, the the image of a business continuity planner is not always fitting into that category, but we are ideators. Um, and to be a creative person, you need to be somewhat of a risk taker. And that doesn't normally go in hand with what you think about a business continuity practitioner. Right. So we, you know, we we have a bit of risk taking within our community, um, a bit of a dare to fail, right? And that was evidence in in the way that we had different answers from that exercise. And you know, we, I do believe that everybody in that community or in that room was willing to be different, to be okay with a change of mind. Um, and there was a choice even in there to become divergent thinkers who are, who are willing to challenge the boundaries of the norm. And as I said, when you stereotype or in the past you stereotype a business continuity practitioner, you know, you have this image of somebody doing a BIA and going through an interview process with key stakeholders. And, and it was it was really beautiful to see actually the passion in the room and that divergent thinking. Um, another takeaway for me really was people really learn from doing. I could have simply stood up there and reeled off the contents of the competency framework. To be honest, that would have been really dry. Um, I wouldn't have been in command of the room. I would have found that a little bit dull, um, to be frank. And it really shows that people need to experience different uses of such a guidance and such a tool and experience and learn those for themselves as well. So, So that was the aim. And lastly, you know, we need each other. Mm. It was clear in that room that 
peer learning is vitally important for us. You know, business continuity can be a very lonely profession. We need to share experiences and networking in all forms is really key for us and, and success in a profession. In your exercise that you did, we had a whole bunch of different resources that we could bring to the table, uh, business continuity managers, and there was uh, uh, IT people and uh, and uh, project managers, as I recall, and things like that. One of the people that tended to be shelved more often than not was BCP champions, and I think that surprised you. That really surprised me. So maybe it was the definition of what we consider a BC champion. So, mm-hmm. so for me, a BC champion is somebody that really sits in the business. They are the ones that that know the operations, they know the processes, they have accountability to make sure critical processes are running. We as business continuity practitioners can't possibly know every little detail of the processes that happen, but we really need those expertise. Um, We -hmm. can facilitate, we can collaborate, we can support them to understand the priorities and to link them to the bigger picture within the organization, but I, you know, for me and my organization, the BC champions are the ones that are key and critical. Um, and these are the ones that you need to manage carefully as well. These are the ones that normally have, you know, 5% tagged onto their role to do business continuity. If they're lucky, they have a full-time day job, which is right. running the business. So I was surprised that people didn't utilize them. And, you know, that that worries me a little bit because, is there still the perception out there that business continuity managers write the business continuity plans? And execute maybe the, the business continuity plans too. It's mm-hmm. it's interesting because we have to, uh, uh, it's a learned skill set, which takes me to sort of the backdrop of what you were talking about. And that's the competency framework, which I thought was so interesting. In preparation for our session here today, I put a poll on LinkedIn asking people how much they pay attention to the competency framework. And only 15% of the people who have responded said that they're well-versed in it. That's the same number of people who said they didn't even know what it was. What do those results say to you? While they're interesting, uh, I'm I'm not surprised by your findings, to be honest. Um, It shows me that whilst, in my opinion, it's an excellent supporting resource, it's not being adopted due to the lack of understanding of its flexibility. So it was developed as this resource that enabled business continuity professionals to advance through their own careers by enhancing certain skill areas that are highlighted in that framework. Um, The aim of my session was to show others that actually it can be used for so many more things. It's Mm. not limited to your own personal development. If we look at the high number of respondents that, that hadn't used it or the 15 percent you know my opinion again i think they're, they're likely aware of it as a mechanism to assess themselves on the rating scales of each competency from foundational comprehensive to advanced level knowledge which will help them move through the various membership grades within the business continuity institute so they probably only refer to this at a time when they consider applying for the next level of membership status um, but it really has so many more uses than yeah. just your your membership level. And I think that's what I would like you know people to understand and, and to get to grips with a little bit. Yeah, you think of membership level stuff as 
you know, once every several years, you might evaluate yourself as to whether you want to move to the next level. Absolutely. But, um, and, and I'm going to get to this a little bit more. There's practical application to this, to understanding the different skill set. Um, before I get to that, though, I want to ask you about the top answer in the poll, which was at 43% right now. And, and it's that people were aware of the framework, but they didn't necessarily use it. And so my question is, do you think the framework is relevant? I do think it's relevant, Mark, yes. Um, but it's, again, it's it's viewed as relevant for when you need to move up to a different membership status, whether it's a mm -hmm. career move or your own personal development or, or so on. Um, it has so much relevancy in what we do now due to particularly the fact that over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of changes, a lot of opportunities for business continuity managers, a real need to develop further on those leadership and management skills, rather than only focusing on the, the, um, the good practice guidelines and competencies and professional practices related to those. You know, there are many uses that, that I've adopted, which could be forming agile teams for a particular project, for a particular mm -hmm. implementation. You know, what are the skill sets that you have in people around you? Can you refer to the competency, competency frameworks there and bring people in um, for short-term projects? I've also used it for my own team development. So we use it at least on an annual basis where team members will mm -hmm. undertake their own self-assessment and identify where they believe there's gaps before we have a discussion as to, right, what's your development plan for this year? Do you need any trainings? And I'm not only referring then to business continuity trainings. Do you need some communication skill enhancement? Mm -hmm. Do you need negotiation skill training? Um, do you need to go on a leadership course that talks about thinking tools? You know, all of these are used as a development plan for themselves, not for a membership level upgrade. So I, I, you know, I truly believe that there, there are so many more uses if people can just get through that document and try to understand, you know, different aspects there. Let's talk about what that looks like and how the framework is laid out. Okay. So the framework is divided into two areas. Firstly, that professional practices, which are really those skills that you've just mentioned, the ones that you need in order to implement and to maintain business continuity management lifecycle. So these are the um, referred to in the good practice guidelines. You know, they include design, implementation, validation, policy, program management, etc. The ones that interest me much more are the leadership and management uh, competencies that are right. highlighted in there. And these are further than divided into five areas, but these really highlight those, the, the desirable personal behaviors and strengths that really make people effective. So they, they can be broken down into the leadership parts, the pure leadership parts. These are about inspiring, supporting, empowering yourself, empowering others. Um, it's, you know, it's a way of thinking, it's a way of behaving, it's a way of influencing others um, that, that motivates people in order to do business continuity um, and to embed organizational resilience. 
There's also inclusion there of being self-aware, knowing what your strengths are, knowing what your weaknesses and what your biases are. And, mm. you know, being able to bring other people in to support you in those areas that maybe you're not so good at, you know, working as a team, etc. And very important for me is about understanding your emotions and how they affect your work. You know, you can't be an effective collaborator if you are very, you know, take things very personally or you're very over emotional about a particular topic. Yes, we have a very important job to do, but we need to be really good communicators and collaborators. Mm. Um, so another part of that is being sensitive to other people's points of views and emotions. You know, we, we don't have the answers. The BC champions perhaps have the answers, referring back to those. So, you know, we, we often use, need to use different leadership styles with different people in different situations. Mm -hmm. You do not learn those skills or have those skills from writing a BC policy for your organization. You know, it's all about networking, being able to influence, negotiate, um, give opportunities to others' actions and thoughts and reach agreements that are mutually beneficial across the organization. So bringing people together. Um, one of the big categories as well in the framework talks about working with others effectively. And while a BC manager role, yes, can be lonely, at times we cannot be effective about embedding resilience across organizational boundaries and hierarchy without others. That's clear. So, you know, we, we need to be able to manage relationships um, and conflict and understand what the shared goals are and collaborate on those as well. Um, you know, we, we have to, we are facilitators, we provide support. So our job really is about becoming or allowing other groups to become effective and supporting them to do that. Something else that's, um, you know, it's fairly new. And um, I think, you know, it, it's, it, it's something that will increase in our sphere as well as thinking and innovating. Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not talking about using a software in order to ease a BIA transition from an Excel spreadsheet. It's really about different types of thinkings to evaluate information, to make decisions and, and to find solutions and having that understanding of who your stakeholders are and whether yeah. they're analytical, they're creative, they're conceptual or, or they have critical skills and how to use different thinking types in order to get the best results and to get them effectively and, and efficiently. So it's you know, mainly about being aware, being self-aware, using different tools at your disposal and, you know, and, and learning, learning from your, your experience as well. Um, one thing about the competency framework that is very important is the culture of your organization. And whilst it's in these two buckets, there is one big overarching umbrella in there and that's about ethics and values mm, and yeah. whilst you know that's not assessed there's no self-assessment or there's no rating put to that I always you know of course want to highlight that because that's the standards of personal and workplace behavior the morals the principles the ideas that underpin all of the competencies I you know I don't believe you can measure that, but that's you know something that really needs to be highlighted and is key um, in order for us to succeed. Uh, I want to go back to uh, the piece that you were talking about there uh, about getting more innovative 
And what you're describing is building sort of the next generation or the next level of uh, business continuity management. And it's nuance, isn't it? There's a lot to it. And so what I'm going to do right here, right now, is invite you to come back in the new year uh, for an episode where we can just talk just about that. Perfect. I'd love to, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, because you know what? There's not enough of that in our industry. We get stuck into, we're going to do a BIA. I'm going to write you a business continuity plan. And this is why so many people are coming to us and saying things like, well, my company doesn't see the value in the work that we're doing. No, they don't because the plans you're writing, and now see, I'm getting into this whole other episode already, yep. but I'm, I'll say this and then move <laughs> on it's because the plans you're writing aren't relevant. They, it, it doesn't, Agree. it doesn't add any value. Agree. And, you know, I would challenge that as well and say how many people over the last two, three years with all of the, um, the events that we've seen globally actually activated a business continuity plan. Yeah, were, were they really fit for purpose or do we now need to make sure that we have agile trained teams? Um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a whole new discussion, Mark. Be a pleasure to join on that one. All right, let's go back to some practical use of the framework. Is this something you see maybe as a hiring manager should be using as a tool to evaluate, to make sure they're bringing in competent professionals, whether it's full-time or, or as a consultant? No, absolutely, Mark. Um, I, I agree with that. So the last two people that I, I actually hired as part of my team, I did refer to the competency framework, not in any formal documentation, but it allowed me to ask targeted questions um, and to get a feeling as to their, their leadership and their management skills. I was already aware of their business continuity skills. That's clear from the CV. And actually, both of them had very little business continuity experience. So I hired them based on their ability to communicate, their networking skills, their self-awareness, their understanding of different cultures and and the organization and priorities, their their ability to negotiate um, and and those management leadership uh, skills. That was much more important for me than their ability to undertake a BIA from from you know, step one to step ten, and that we can learn. That I can send them on a training course very easily. But I wanted them to hit the hit the ground running, um, get involved with the stakeholders, and I I did refer to that competency framework just to remind myself of you know where they could sit on on the particular uh, levels there. I really like what you said there because. Uh, on one hand, how to do a BIA, how to write a plan. Yeah, that's something you can easily show. Where these other skills, it's more development. It's more self-awareness and the and having the interest to develop that part of your professional personality. And it becomes part of your brand, doesn't it? I mean, it's really, really interesting. Absolutely. And there's also the part there, Mark, that Whilst business continuity may be top of mind at the moment, given you know recent events, for a long time we had to push that door open. Right. right, it wasn't opened for us, and we had to keep our foot in that door to keep it open. So there was a real need to have those skills in order to get buy-in. And yes, we're riding the wave now, where there are opportunities that have come out of recent crisis, but it may well be 
yeah, the, the time will come where we will have to fight once again in order to get an audience to talk to business continuity. And that's where those leadership management skills really come into play. Yeah, you're right. The pendulum does continue to swing and it will swing back the other way. I want to ask you quickly about self-assessment. What do you recommend for people as to as they look through the competency framework to how should we be assessing ourselves? Yeah, there is a tool, there is a supporting tool, um, a very simple spreadsheet tool that outlines all of those competency frameworks with um, some definitions in there. So you can easily self-assess yourself, whether you have foundational knowledge, comprehensive knowledge, advanced knowledge, and these are all part of that competency framework. So it's a very, um, it's a very easy tool to use. Um, with little interpretation, it does give you then where you would fit on the overall scale. But again, this is related to the membership. So I would encourage you all to you know, take those, those certain competencies and really think about them and be honest about them. You know, where, where are you lacking and what do you need? And do you need something from your managers in order to progress? Can, is there something that you can do yourself? You know, there are so many resources out there and I'm not even referring to the Business Continuity Institute as well, but there are so many different learnings you know, through various channels, many of them free. You know, take, take some courses, do your own learning on communications, negotiations. I mean, that's how I tend to spend my Sunday afternoons. Never stop learning. Well, and that was one of the points of my session at BCI World was never stop learning. What I like about the competency is, and, and and I put this in my notes here, that it's kind of the secret sauce. It's based on that self-assessment. You can look at it and say, okay, I need work over here. And, um, you know, I, I don't know. What advice would you give to our colleagues in this area? I, I would, again, refer them to that competency. Think about them. You know, you don't have to be prescriptive and fill in a self-assessment. But just take some time to self-reflect and say, how do these apply to me? Why do I need those? You know, always ask why. Why do I need to be self-aware? Why do I need to have negotiation? What does that add to my, to my role? And also get feedback from your stakeholders. You know, ask, ask people in, in your organization, do you think I need to enhance here or there you know people are willing to give feedback honestly if you ask for it yeah. so i i would take some time to reflect i would also consider that the particularly those leadership and management skills these are life skills yeah. you know we can also separate them from business continuity and put them into our daily life um, they will enhance your career one way or another, if you stay within business continuity, if you move into a different role, these are very key for everything that, that we actually do and try to achieve. This has been really interesting. Susie, if people want to connect with you, what's the best way? I'm uh, part of the Business Continuity Institute, so members can reach out to me through through the, the member forum there, but I am also very active on LinkedIn, so just please search for me on LinkedIn, send me an invite, I'm happy to connect and, and to share more. Here's a, a good example of meeting people at a conference, starting to build a relationship, uh, and the value that comes from, from going to conferences again and, and getting out and, and doing that, and uh, I'm happy to have had you here on the podcast. Thanks for doing this today. Thank you so much, Mark. It's been a pleasure. 
I want to thank Susie Ansary for joining me this week on the podcast. She's one of my favorites, and we'll have her back next year to talk about next-generation business continuity plans. A huge thanks, as always, to the Resilience Think Tank for sponsoring the Resilient Journey podcast. Watch for exciting things in 2023 from the Resilience Think Tank, and you can follow us at resiliencethinktank.com. Next week, I'm joined by Juliana Richardson, and we have an interesting conversation about resilience. So join us, won't you, as we continue our resilient journey.